Welcome to another episode of MedTech On Air. I'm your host, Caroline Moulin, and today is a very special day because we are welcoming for the first time Serge Benasconi, CEO of MedTech Europe. It's a pleasure to welcome you today, Serge. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, first time, I believe, huh? It is indeed. <laughs> so I'd like to take the opportunity of having you today with us to kind of reflect on what happened over 2021. It's been quite of a weird year, I'd say, for, for all of us and for the medical technology sector. And, and we could potentially today have, have a casual conversation on what happened in 2021, but also look ahead in the future and uh, basically get your insight as CEO of MedTech Europe. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, it's interesting to talk about 2021 because there are so many ways one can look at it. Is 2021 just a follow-up of 2020? Uh, is 2021 the beginning of a new era? So it's a premise of 2022. So depending on how you look at it, okay, you can position yourself a bit differently. But maybe we can look at both and then say, look, 2021, I would call it to a lot of extent at the end of transition year. Uh, coming, out of, coming out of a complicated uh but at the same time, very exciting for, for, for the medical technology industry. Uh, year of 2020, where I think there has never been a time in, a, in the history where people have not noticed the incredible role that medical technology can play in healthcare. Okay, without going into a lot of details, does one can imagine today handling COVID-19 without diagnostics? Very difficult. Can one realize that the industry was able to respond to a critical crisis in, with this diagnostics testing in less than a few weeks? In less than a few weeks. That's just absolutely amazing. I think people just do not realize today. It seems so normal, but it absolutely is not normal. It is just exceptional. Can one today consider that, you know, how do you handle all the patients that had, were unfortunately infected by, by, uh, by COVID without the technology that we were able to provide? In, in, again, in a very short amount of time, all these respirators, ventilators that have saved so many lives. And yes, people sometimes were a bit concerned that it's, it's, we don't have enough. But look, I think the industry responded so strongly to the request, okay, that's just also amazing. Now, I'm not going to go into also the incredible work that's been done on vaccines. And here again, people think it's normal. Hell, you know, we were the, the, the healthcare industry, this is not MedTech, but still it's vaccine industry, was able to respond so quickly in providing solutions for patient. And you can go on like this, even in terms of treatment, in terms of pharma, in terms of uh, uh, pharmaceutical uh, availability of products. And my big thing is, I'm not too sure people realize all this. This is like, well, it's life as normal. It is not life like normal. This is just purely exceptional. And I don't want to, to just pat my back and say, look, you know, we did great. Also, the thing we also need to say, 
uh, uh, an enormous congratulations to healthcare professionals for the job they've done because obviously without their, their engagement, you know, obviously this would have not been possible. But also the authorities, okay, who took the right decision, even if they've been so strongly criticized. But criticism is so easy. Okay. Now, if you look at 2021, I think it's a big continuation with a difference which you had a bit of hope that this would end. There was a bit of hope that this would end. Uh, frankly, what we see is this is not ending. Uh, not yet, at least. I can say not ending, not yet. But it's not as bad as it used to be. So, yes, there is hope. I think for the medtech industry, we've continued to provide the products and the, and the services that were expected to handle the crisis. While at the same time, we had to restart, okay, re-ignition, re new ignition into catching back with so many of the things that were not done in 2020 because of the pandemic. You know, all these elective surgeries, but not only elective surgeries, the, the, the cancer screening took a major hit during 2020. So all of this has to be put back on track. Uh, this is coming now, I can't say yet 100% to normal, but it's getting closer and closer to, to, more, to more levels of what we knew as of 2019. There's still a lot to be done. Now, I was going to say that maybe a couple of weeks ago, the trends which were extremely positive were giving us a view forward for 2022 also in a very positive way. Obviously, uh, the last few weeks uh, maybe are pushing me to put a bit of, uh, you know, this a little bit on hold again. So I, it looks like we're back into the, the uncertainties, um, which is never good when you try to look forward. You like to, you'd like to be certain of what's going to happen. The only thing I think that uh, in the meantime, the industry really uh, continued to get ready for, for the for crisis. Uh, I think that today we can handle enormous demand if needed, whether it's masks, whether it's respirator, respirators, ventilators, uh, the testing. Okay, uh, all of this is, is, is up to the request that we may have, even if, unfortunately, this rebound we see sometimes called force, fifth ways, I don't know, uh, comes forward. Uh, and I, I strongly also would say, make sure you get vaccinated. And apart from, I mean, obviously COVID-19 has been all, all over the news for the, past, for the past two years. What are the other files that MedTech Europe worked on in the past year and obviously will continue to work on uh, in 2022? Well, uh, obviously, in the meantime, we, we tried and we worked with, with the uh, EU institution to keep some of the critical files moving forward. Uh, it's not always been easy because obviously, you know, the availability of people, the focus and attention might not always be on where we would like uh, the focus to have been. Uh, key files remains the preparation to the transition into the in vitro diagnostic new regulation. Uh, <clears throat> I think this was late, and this is still late as a file. Uh, I think that you know institutions have taken that into consideration with the feedback they got, not only from our industry but also from from practitioners, healthcare professionals, and hospitals that same thing need to be done because the system wasn't ready yet uh, to do that. And I think it's only a matter of underestimating, to a lot of extent, what this change in the new regulation, which we fully support, 
means in terms of reorganization changes. It is just huge. So I think it's, it's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of saying we don't want it. It's a matter of just saying, look, we need a bit more time to get into it. The structures need to be put in place so that this can be a relatively smooth transition without putting at risk the situation that there could be tomorrow without some of the critical tests that we see today, including COVID-19 tests. So that's one piece. The other piece is the medical device regulation, which is now fully into place. Um, so we, we have uh, secured uh, the access to a lot of existing products. Now we're looking at something different, which is all the products that have been secured will have to transfer into fully the new regulation within the next three years. And there again, I think that we have to look at this very carefully because there is a lot to be done still on the plate to make sure that this regulation can transfer smoothly. We also have to see that there are many companies that continue to struggle in implementing the new regulation. Uh, it is such a change, uh, which we have to try to provide them as much support as we can. So these, these are two very critical files. We've also started to engage much more into other domain, which is what we generally call sustainability, which includes domains like chemicals, chemicals ban, chemicals restriction, which are affecting uh, the industry on a regular basis. Uh, again, the principle is not that our industry would like not to comply, but it's more the industry would like to comply, but we sometimes need time. You just don't see, don't change that easily some components of medical technologies. At least, on top of it, if you want to do it, you most probably need to re-register it. And as we just said, sometimes the system is not simply ready. So that's what we're working on. We're also getting into new things for us, or other words, what is more new things for us, like corporate social responsibility. Uh, and I think that we're engaging very strongly with companies into this. Um, Human right due diligence, same thing, you know, as, a, as an industry trying to get much more committed to this and, and move on to that. And the impact of the Green Deal and see how do we need to adjust the industry for the years to come uh, and, part, and bring our contribution to the, to the, to the Green Deal. So that, that's another very important files. We have files going on in terms of legislation around uh, issues like product liabilities, um, which are critical obviously, so that all these elements fit well together. And I, and I could go on. I mean, there's still quite a few files on the table. No, I mean, just coming back on the Green Deal that you just yeah. mentioned, maybe you'd like to talk a bit more about digital health and the work we're doing currently on digital health and what we're going to do in the future as well. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Do I want to talk about digital health? Well, sure, everybody wants to talk about digital health, frankly. The fact of the matter is, it's all over the place. So, so... When, when I talk to you a bit about what happened during the COVID, you know what? A big piece of the solutions were driven by digital health. Okay. Uh, there is not one subject today which does not address this. And actually, I think we need to extend the principle of digital health. It's not only digital health, it's digital health and data and health data. And these two pieces together create this new environment in which we're going to move into surely, absolutely, and, and faster probably than what we would expect, uh, that needs to be most probably framed a little bit better than what it is today. Uh, so people have a clear understanding and vision of what they can do, what they cannot do. Uh, there's just so many questions around the potential use of uh, health data. You know, do we use them? Do we use them? How much do we use them? 
I mean, uh, we, we, we share we, them. We had another podcast last month about. Yeah, those I mean, you know, and, and so, so you see, you dedicated a full a full podcast to this. <laughs> so I'm not going to redo the podcast, the podcast, but I think that it's it's quite critical. Uh, and indeed, you know, we at MedTechUp have decided to to look into this even more than what we used to do before. No, no, uh, in 2021, we decided to really uh, increase, but but extremely substantially, our investment into that. We're going to have now a team of about seven people working strictly on digital health and all these different aspects of health data and to try to bring a strong and leading contribution of MedTech Europe in the development of the framing and the organization of digital health in the future. Uh, this is as an impact for all our companies, whether medical device, whether the in vitro diagnostic companies, they're all linked into digital health. And God knows that we saw during the pandemic that, you know, this was an interesting piece of solution that one can use to maintain healthcare moving forward. I'm just a bit concerned that we quick we, we have quickly forgotten of the contribution during the pandemic. And we seem to be going back too quickly to good old ways of doing things before pandemic. We cannot allow that. And obviously, like innovation is quite a, a big fight coming up as well. Uh, can you elaborate maybe a bit of that on that? Well, uh, no, innovation is not a big fight. Innovation is in our blood. I mean, it, without, without innovation, this industry simply does not exist. Okay. Um, and, and this is what we're extremely proud of, is that you know, we, we continue to bring forward innovation. Now, we're helped because they, a lot of our, our environment is also moving very quickly in terms of innovation. We just talked about the digital aspect of that. You know? This is moving extremely quickly. And so that that's helps us also take forward Okay, a lot of our innovation in medical devices in the, in uh, in vitro diagnostics. That's that's our live stream is innovation. Uh, we do sometimes are a bit concerned that maybe the environment which is created, particularly in Europe, in the last couple of years, with all these new regulations, which we understand, could be sometime a bit of a threat to the. How quickly can people have access to the innovation? And, you know, when you look at the pipeline or what's in our labs, it's absolutely just amazing. It's absolutely just amazing what we will bring forward in the years to come to bring solutions for people, for people which are in condition which, you know, they cannot handle anymore. Um, you know, from, from, from incredible future about vision, your eyes, your brain, your heart. There's not one piece of your body that will not benefit from incredible innovation in the future. Uh, now what we have to do is make sure that there are not too many problems in bringing as quickly as possible innovation to patients. Now, sometimes people have a tendency to say, yeah, but you know, we already have a lot of very good products on the market. It's true. And I think the commitment we have is always to provide these high-quality products. However, one should not underestimate the impact of complicated regulatory environment or systems which have a tendency to slow down access. Because when you have a problem, when you are in a health condition where you most of the time have tried a lot of solutions and you're not there yet and that you know that there is more coming, you want to have access to that. Because this is your life's threatening solution. So, you know, this also keeps our motivation high, very high, to push forward innovation. I think we have to do some work 
frankly, and that's potentially part of 2022 also, in trying to make people understand that regulation is fine and we are in a regulated environment, we don't dispute it, but let's watch out here. That, you know, because you want to protect yourself, you end up killing this unique access to innovation. I think the people who would be the, the most impacted by this, it's not industry, it's the patients. patients. Absolutely. Um, and coming back on what you said earlier when we mentioned COVID-19, we talked about very briefly about uh, pandemic preparedness. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about what MedTech is doing in, the, in this regard? Yes, I mean, you know, pandemic preparedness, I mean, I, I don't know if one calls it pandemic preparedness anymore or continuous pandemic management. Uh, it could be a bit quite interesting question. Um, obviously, uh, the, the, and this is part of also our continuous priorities also for 2022, is to continue to work close to the institution on all the various programs they're trying to put forward to elaborate and prepare for future crisis. Okay. Um, it, it, is, it is extremely interesting, but quite complex because nobody knows what's going to be the next crisis, frankly. Nobody knows yet, okay, by, by definition. So uh, it's, it's how do you prepare for something you don't know what it's going to be. Um, it's not simple. Um, is, it, is it more around processes that one has to make sure they are going to be able to work? We saw at the beginning of the uh, pandemic that, yes, there was a bit of a problems in terms of getting, the, let's say, getting moving forward. Okay, I think that nobody would dispute that. It, take, it took a bit of time for the enormous institution, the EU institution, to get on its way. Once it got on its way, I think it started to work quite, quite efficiently, and that was great. So the question for me is more, can we prepare the institution or the EU institution, but also the national uh, systems, to be faster on the response when there is a crisis, anticipating on the process, uh, anticipating on maybe on some products, but that's not simple because, you know, uh, yes, you could always claim that you will always need ICU material because, you know, if there is a crisis, a lot of people will go into ICU. But that's good. But, you know, if you don't have a crisis for the next three years, five years, so, so what do you do? So it's, 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 it's trying to find the right balance into this whole preparedness. Yes, we're working on it. We're trying to bring our contribution to it. Um, interesting, challenging subject. Seems like a lot to do for 2022. There is a lot. Then. Well, there is, I mean, 2020 is going to be a great year. Um, it is going to be maybe the final year of pandemic. No, I don't know. I mean, no, don't, don't, don't quote me too much on this because nobody knows about this thing. Then let's and finish then, on that word mm, then. Then, then we. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, yes, great year, 2022. A lot, still a lot to do. Very similar focus as on 2021 in terms of what we're trying to move forward. Um, and hoping that it will just be under maybe a bit of a different, let's say, uh, environment so that potentially we can even speed up more the solution towards some of the five we're working on. No, thank, thank you, Serge, for this discussion today. Hey, uh, I think we, we touched upon many topics. Uh, and, of, of, and have a fantastic 2022 and stay protected in 2021. No, thank you very much, Serge. Have, have a okay. good day. Bye-bye. And for our listeners, remember you can find more information about medical technology on our website. You can also engage with us by reviewing the episodes on Apple Podcasts. You can also use the comment section on SoundCloud, or you can simply send us an email at podcast at See you next time, everyone. <laughs>